Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small, in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome back to the B2B Playbook. Listeners, today we're going into part four of our experiment to create the perfect B2B marketing campaign. We're getting the best experts that we know to help us create a campaign for our demand gen program, the B2B Incubator. It started with customer research to deeply understand our customers with expert Ryan Gibson. We then had landing page and copywriting expert Jess Cook work her magic to boost our conversion rate by 50%. And in the last session, we had LinkedIn ads expert Justin Rowe advise us on the strategy so we could get the most out of our tiny little $500 LinkedIn ads budget. Today, we are chatting with our final expert, Pasha Urshad, about tracking and reporting on the success of these campaigns. It's a really useful video session because he shows us in detail how to create reports in HubSpot that tie marketing efforts to revenue, which is what everyone wants. Give it a listen here on the podcast, but definitely check out the B2B playbook on YouTube to watch and learn how to do it yourself. Okay, let's get on with the show. We're in a mission to craft the perfect B2B marketing campaign. So I've got four of the best experts in the business to join me. First, we got customer research expert Ryan Gibson to interview our dream customers and generate incredible insights about our customers to form the foundations of our marketing campaign. He then passed these insights onto copywriting and landing page wizard Jess Cook. Jess totally reworked our landing page to make it a conversion machine. We then had LinkedIn ads expert Justin Rowe show us the perfect way to set up our LinkedIn ads campaigns and drive the right traffic to it. And today we have Pasha Urshad to show us 
how to set up tracking and reporting so we can see what's working and which customers we can attribute to this campaign. Stick around and in this video, you're gonna learn how to set up reports in HubSpot to track the impact of your marketing, how to track the performance of your ads and much, much more. If you haven't been following along, we're doing this because we owe Monica, a listener of the B2B Playbook, $500. That's because she referred someone to our marketing program, the B2B Incubator. But Monica refused to take the money just because she's too damn nice. So we're taking the $500 that we owe her, putting it into ads for the first time ever, and giving her 20% of whatever it is that we make. The question is, with the help of the experts, is can we turn that initial $500 into something much, much bigger to give her? Subscribe to our email list to follow the journey and find out. Okay, let's get into this session with Pasha Urshad. Hey Pasha, we're so excited to have you on board. Meet Monica. Monica's the subject of this experiment. And as you know, we owe Monica a $500 referral fee, but she refused it. So we're investing that $500 into a perfect marketing campaign to hopefully turn $500 into something much, much bigger to give her. We started with customer research to deeply understand our ideal customer, who happens to be Monica, and then passed those insights onto our landing page and copywriting expert, Jess Cook. We then got LinkedIn ads with Justin Rowe to help us set up our campaigns to get our ads in front of our dream customers. And now, Pasha, you're going to show us how we can track the success of this campaign so we know if it's a winner or if it's a loser. Pasha, are you up for the challenge? Sounds good. Looks like I'm the last leg in the relay, so no pressure. <laughs> That's right. Look, it, it'll come down to your tracking, Pasha, because if we can see <laughs> that these enrollments from the B2B incubator are coming from those ads, that's money in Monica's pocket. And look, Monica's got kids, so you don't want to be stealing from her kids. <laughs> no pressure whatsoever. <laughs> I'm used to it. I've been in client service for 14 years. <laughs> Maybe 15 <laughs> no, I really appreciate you having me on. I've obviously followed the other episodes and I'm humbled to be on with you, Monica, and obviously the people that preceded me, including Jess Cook and Justin Rowe. And then also watching Ryan's customer interviews was a masterclass. So I've already learned a lot and I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So great to have you on board. Okay, Pasha, I've given you access to my mess of a HubSpot. Apologies for that. I apologize <laughs> in advance already. Look, we're only working with the free tier two because Kevin and I are a couple of cheap asses. So there are some limitations there, but you're going to take us through what we can set up and track for the performance of this campaign in HubSpot. But we're also going to look at a demo account, I believe as well. So you can see what other people who are paying for a paid <laughs> tier of HubSpot, what they can do with tracking and reporting and more advanced features of HubSpot. Is that right? Yeah, completely correct. And I think for this podcast or video, however you want to call it, really going to focus on two things is the first is going to be just around getting the basics set up right. And by the basics, the infrastructure to properly track. So there's two or three things that you can do in HubSpot out of the box, which includes ad integration, which includes um, setting up custom UTM parameters or relying on out of the box properties for attribution. And then making sure that your form set up. And I'm also going to give you a little bonus today of just setting up a conversion in GA4, because I do think it's important to have backup in terms of the way you track those conversions. So once we get through that, which should be about 15 to 20 minutes, we'll switch over just to the reporting side. 
And again, I'm going to keep this high level. I'll take you into what you can do out of the box through the HubSpot and LinkedIn integration. I'll mention a couple of things you need to watch out for as you create your campaigns on LinkedIn if you're using that integration. And then I'll take you into probably two or three custom reports. And at the end of that, you'll have a good, again, infrastructure and hierarchy to properly attribute your leads, hopefully. All right, Pasha, that sounds absolutely fantastic. To me, that's exciting. To others, when they hear those things listed, it might not sound so exciting, but I promise for everyone listening and watching, this is really important stuff. This is the stuff that you need to set up so you can prove that the work that you're doing in marketing is actually having a positive effect on the business. Okay, Pasha, where do you want to kick off? I'm going to share my screen. I'm just closing a few tabs. Just give me one second. Easy. I'm going to actually go to your account, George. So, yep. B2B playbook, free tier. Monica, I'll ask you some questions as we do this. I, one, I guess, would be how, how familiar are you with HubSpot? Do you use it? In a past role, not so long ago, we did have the marketing automation platform. Very basic understanding. So looking yeah. forward to this. Cool. Sounds good. Again, I'm going to take this at the ground level. And so for anybody that's maybe using this for the first time or is new to it, you will go to the marketing tab and you'll check out ads. And so in ads, and obviously George already has this done, but you are able to look at anything that you've got active, right? So you can set this up through settings, which I'll do in a second, but just to familiarize yourself with the UX marketing tab, you'll go to ads. And then you'll see everything here. I'm going to talk about this contact tracking here a little bit later because I mentioned that at the start of this. And it's something that's quite annoying when you're setting up your advertising outside of HubSpot. So with their API, they've got like top level API access. You are able to actually build your campaigns in here. I think myself and probably Justin Rowe would agree that you don't want to do that. So if you, so that's just taking a breather. Again, that's where you would find the ads. If you want to click on the settings gear, what you're going to do is it will take you to ad accounts. And this is where you would connect an account. Now, obviously right now I don't have ads publishing permission, but if we were just to go into my demo account, really, I can walk you through that. And so we'll scroll down here and we'll go to ads. And if you wanted to connect your account, this is where it's done. And one thing for you new users, new accounts connecting to HubSpot are eligible for 500 in ad credit. And I have gotten that for a few of my clients because I do Devlin ads. And so that's it. You basically just set up your, you'll, be, you'll do the single sign-on and let's get that filled. <laughs> and so here you'll be able to integrate all of your different accounts. And so for the purposes of today, I don't have access to, I'm just going to give you my testing account. So let's connect that testing account and we're going to click next. And here you will obviously be able to sync your leads from lead generation ads to your HubSpot CRM. So any ads, any leads that converted in your ads in the last many days would sync over to HubSpot. That would be for lead generation ads. So we would, I would need to have designated admin or lead gen forms manager. Again, don't let your kids run lead gen forms to a cold audience. So we're going to skip this. You'll select the pixel, which should already be on your account. I'm pretty sure Justin walked through that. You can upload it through Google Tag Manager or in the header. And this is interesting. And I think this is important. And this gets into the whole attribution discussion, which I'm not going to touch today, but 
You can use revenues from your deals to actually calculate ROI, or you can use estimated revenue, right? So we're going to do revenue from your deals. That's my preference. And then you'll go to the ads dashboard and then you'll get walked through everything. It's interesting to see as you scroll through, you'll be able to see like what's going on. Obviously I'm using a testing account. I usually just use that for like testing audiences. But again, as you familiarize yourself with this on the setup, I'm just checking time. Attribution reports, there's going to be different ways to build that attribution and you'll have to take that internally, right? You want it to be the first web session or influence first form submission. I'm not going to go through all that today. Again, I think that is just a philosophical decision you'll have to make at the marketing lead or marketing executive level or business level. <laughs> but yeah, you can do everything here. You can even calculate ROI if you just walk through. Is there anything else here? You can actually create audiences in HubSpot from LinkedIn, which is great. And then you can also create events. And George, I know you and I talked about in the post about actually creating events. I don't think we're going to do that today, but I did just want everybody to get a sense of it. And then you can actually analyze your, and again, when we talk about out-of-the-box reporting, a lot of this data is just going to live right here. So I'll pause there for the folks on the phone before I get into some best practices around setting up the right properties and understanding the right properties for attribution. Monica, did you have any questions so far? No, so far so good. Yeah, really clear from my end too. Thank you, Pasha. Yeah, sounds good. And I will get to goals, but I'll do that in the reporting piece. So again, I told you you could create a campaign in here. So if you wanted to, you could actually do it. It's very limited, but I do think it's interesting for the people to on the call to see, and maybe they already saw it with Justin. So now we turn to attribution. And when we think about HubSpot, it's really important to understand how the database works and like the data hierarchy. So you're gonna have objects, you're going to have records and you're gonna have properties, right? And you, objects, just think of it as that top level, contacts, companies, activities, so on and so forth. Underneath that, you're gonna have records. And so a record to the contact might just, I'm sorry, a record to the contact object is going to be a person, right? And so that record is going to be Pasha Irshad, CMO, CTO, whatever it is. And then underneath that, the information that describes that person is going to be properties. In HubSpot, each object has multiple properties, 264 for contacts, 184 for companies. And we'll go through that in a second. But when you think about attribution, you want to think about the, at the object level, which is contact the person and then the properties that you're going to track them by, right? And so HubSpot has many properties within it. And you can filter if you go again, settings, we'll go down data management properties, and then we'll go to contact properties. It's good to familiarize yourself with this. And the reason being is that these are all the possible combinations of data that you can accrue for that record. And so when we start thinking about how do we attribute? We think about the sources, right? So out of the box, you are going to have these basically sources to track. You will have original source, drill down one and drill down two. When you think about these, original source is going to be that top level like Google. Original source drill down might be organic and then original source drill down two might be keyword. Now, it's very important to note that out of the box, and this is still strange to me, HubSpot does not record UTMs. UTMs rather filter into original source drill down and into original source drill down too. 
And the same thing for later source drill down and later source date. So original, we came into the website, we filled out a form, we captured that information. Now I go through my customer journey. Three months later, two months later, I come back, I convert again for a demo. Now we're getting the latest source data, right? So those are the attribution points and those will always capture the data regardless of your UTM properties. Just to jump in. So you've got an original source drill down one and drill down two. Is the issue when you, when you create a URL with UTM properties that you might want to have more than three layers of depth to go through? That's one thing. And the second thing is using UTM properties, we find it can be much better for the infrastructure of your reporting architecture to create hidden form fields in your forms. So instead of having 50 different forms, you're just passing those UTM properties through all the time on one form and each form has its own reason for being, right? So you might have a form strategy that's tiered by intent and you can just pass that data on easily. And some people it's just simply preference. And I think that's just what it boils down to. I would say you can get all of that same data up until you're right, drill down to. If you have UTM content, then that doesn't show up, I believe. And UTM campaign will sometimes go into drill down too. It's just a little messier. And again, I think it's a preference of most marketing teams to like have everything anchored by that UTM structure. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I can see why you'd want to create those. And it's, it is very strange that they don't offer it out of the box. Yeah. And if you were to follow Ryan Gunn on LinkedIn for everybody here, he's got some really great posts on where he goes not deeper than even UTM properties and starts doing things like last asset touched. There's a lot of customization you can do. I think for today, I just wanted to get people comfortable with the two ways of doing it. And then when we talk about UTM properties and creating those, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this live UTM. You had, so I'm going to do UTMs medium. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Let's just do this. Let's go here. Cool. Cool. Show forms. Cool. All right. So that's working. And if you look at this, we can actually make this field hidden. And so hidden fields won't appear on your form. They'll be used. Obviously, everybody can read this, but won't be a narrator. And so here you've got that hidden form field. This is just how you would do it. And so now you have these hidden form fields. So when we were to publish this and somebody fills it out, this data gets passed through and that's captured. And I think that is, that's basically the crux of it. You can't do that with the original source, original source one, original source two, which is another good reason for doing this. So it's as simple as that, right? You create your form, you drop in whichever parameters that you want. And obviously we would create all five save it, publish it, and then you take a deep breath. All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, it's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's basically like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. 
head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Leadfeeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. That's great. So as long there? as yeah, so as long as you're using HubSpot's form itself, you don't need any magic source or magic code. HubSpot no. recognizes the UTMs in the URL and then pulls them in and passes it through. And because it's Correct. a hidden field, the customer, the person submitting the form, doesn't actually see all the gobbledygook nope. that goes in with the uh, with the field, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And it is. There is one thing to note. For a lot of you, you're going to be setting the form is right HTML, which you can't do in this free tier. And when you do that, and the reason that you would do that is to pick up the branding, right? So like we have clients where they just want complete stylistic control through CSS. When you create hidden form fields, and there are times where that hidden form field will actually show like a space and you have to update the CSS manually. So that's just like a little tip for everybody to save yourself some time. I think we're doing good on time with GA4 looming. I did want to show everybody really quickly how you actually would create just, if you know your URL, how you would quickly create an event and then a conversion in GA4, if that's okay. Yeah, that'd be great. So for those of you, again, usually you're going to have HubSpot analytics running and GA4 analytics running, but obviously you can't necessarily create conversions in HubSpot analytics. I like to do a catch-all of just creating these in obviously in GA. And the reason is, oh, there's a few reasons, right? Like I always want a secondary number. If we're tracking conversions in LinkedIn and HubSpot, then you just have to back up in GA4. So what you do, and just to get comfortable with it is very easy. You're going to click on admin here. You are going to click on events. And so just get comfortable with the new, you're not going to have that third column. Events and conversions, everything in GA4 is based on events. It used to be hits, now it's an event. Creating events and modifying events are very easy. So if we were to, let's go to actually create an event. And so what we would do here is, so they're out of the box event names, but for this, maybe we would just say Monica money as the conversion, make Monica money. So let's do that underscore. I hope I'm spelling that if I'm not. Yeah. And then yeah, for here. Like... All right, cool. And then for here, as you go in here, you'll want to type in page location equals. And let's just say it was like B2B playbook.com backslash. I don't know. I'm just going to call it demo. Right. Let me see. Grab, grab this. All right. And so with that, I've now got an event, which means once I create this event, and I'm not actually going to create it, but what you'll want to do is grab that custom event name. You'll want to create this. So I'll hit create for it today. So once that's done, you're also going to have to create a conversion. And so we'll go into conversion event. We're going to create this. I want the same name because it's going to pick it up and then we save it. And then we're good to go. Yeah, I'm not going to take you through debugging it, but if you want to debug it, this is kind of, you would go on the website, you would click, you would make sure it fires, <clears throat> and then you would bounce. So I'm going to pause and I'm going to take you back to, let's take you back into B2B playbook and 
I'm going to go into ads and just quick pause and see if you all have any questions while I take a sip of coffee. Monica, any questions so far? No questions, but I will be rewatching this <laughs> intently <laughs> later. I actually have a free GA4 playbook I've made. Monica, I'm happy to send it your way. It's like oh, very helpful. Would love There's, it. Would love that. Yeah, it's built in Notion. And honestly, ChatGPT4 did most of the work, but I edited it just to make sure. Because there's just like a lot of different nuances in GA4 that I'm seeing that I don't think most marketers are aware of. Mm. Okay, so you've set your campaign live three days later your leadership team is asking where the revenue is and you're like hey guys hold hold on we just we need to get some data in you're buying yourself time if you go back into hubspot the question would be where do i go to find data and again i'm assuming that people are newer with hubspot one way you'll be able to check things out is just through their dashboards um i'm sorry analytics tools is what i meant to say and George has none. So I'm going to take you into what I'm going to take you into Drew. I'm sorry, but I'm going to quickly take you in your account. Drew won't get mad at me. And if you go into, (laughs) if you go into analytics tools, they've got enterprise, they got the whole shebang. And Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Must be nice. Must be very nice. (laughs) Yeah. I really like being in here. I'm sure Kristen and Drew will laugh at this if they see it, but like he's got it awesome. Sometimes I just come in here and like stare at it. Cause I'm also a starter. <laughs> and again, I have a demo of data in it, but it's, it's just not the same. Right. So you can always go to traffic analytics and right off the bat, you're going to be able to see like where traffic's coming from. Right. And you'll go into sources and you will be able to see just pretty much all of those analytic activities. And so you could uncheck everything and you could simply check unpaid social and right off the bat, you start to get a sense of how many sessions am I generating? What's the session to contact rate? How many new contacts? You can start clicking into those contacts, which I won't do just because of privacy perspective. And so that's like high level, like, all right, like getting a good idea. Now let's see how it compares against paid search. You're again, you're already automatically able to start making deductions, right? And forming hypotheses. And so that's like just where I start or I would start. Now, as you get a little bit deeper, this is where UTM parameters come in handy. And so that's why we talked about that earlier, right? If you have pretty much starter and up, honestly, George, you might be the only person I've ever seen with a free account. I'm going <laughs> to play around that more. No, but here's where you'll start to see your UTM campaigns come through, right? And so I know that these are LinkedIn because I've run some of these. And then you can just honestly see like how those campaigns perform. And if you're going to click into those, it'll give you more data. And again, not going to do that. But just so everybody gets comfortable with it, that's just think of that as like top level reporting that you might find in GA, right? And so I'm going to go back to B2B playbook and here we'll just go back into marketing and we'll go back into ads. And so again, get comfortable with just seeing the data here. You can't calculate ROI, unfortunately, here, but in the paid plan, which I'll jump back in a bit. It allows you to actually set up how you calculate the ROI. And I think we showed that a little bit earlier. And if you click into the campaign, you are able to see the different, everything that's going on. And again, this is pretty much, you get to see some here, just not all, right? And I think that's the one thing that I would ding HubSpot on is I really think they should be pulling in like account information into this without us having to go get it. Cause it's like very easy to get to in LinkedIn. 
And there's not a lot easy to get to in LinkedIn, which is a story for another day as well. One thing you're going to see here is contact tracking errors. And you're going to be like, oh, is George doing something wrong? No, George isn't doing anything wrong. What George is doing is what any other marketer would do that actually wants to like get shit done. And that is they're duplicating their ads in LinkedIn. Now I've done this. We all do it. Here's the problem. And here's something you just have to get comfortable with. If you're tracking your data in here in, in HubSpot, if you duplicate those, if you duplicate your ads, you're going to get this contact tracking area that comes up. We've talked about this. And so that's what happens, right? And so that does throw off the numbers. That is why I would usually recommend, again, it, it comes down to preference, I think. And because we're staying in the confines of HubSpot, I don't want to stop, start talking about other tools. So it's just something to be aware of, but feel free to DM me and we can talk about other ways of getting the same data while you pulled into HubSpot. And again, uh, go ahead. I was just going to jump in and say a reason why we just ended up duplicating it is because I guess we do have limited budget. So this is just money that we're pushing from Dovetail to push the first part of the collaboration with Ryan. And we yep. found that if you duplicate the ads, then the engagement remains across that one ad, even though it's in yep. multiple campaigns. And so social yep. proof, social stacking is really important for us because we'd rather have one ad with 15, 20 likes and engagements on it than five different ones, which are the same mm -hmm. for the sake of tracking. So that's probably yep. something for people to keep in mind as well. Yeah, the more season they add, the better. I think it's, yeah, it's, you're doing it the right way. Even if you weren't doing it for a reason, sometimes you just have 20 ads to make, right? Create. Yeah. To do a one by one just doesn't make sense. So, again, that's the first thing. The second thing is good old attribution. So, you'll just want to get comfortable with the types of attribution that they use for this report. There's many others, right? But here, it's going to default to first form submission, and you can read that. And then it can say web, influenced, et cetera. Get comfortable with those if you're tracking the reporting from here. And yeah, that's pretty much it. The metrics here are just not the full Monty that you would see, again, if you're in LinkedIn, which I don't love, like not sure. I do think it's some limitations with a very strict API. Yes, I, I do know that LinkedIn has the highest developer access. I think Justin Rowe has it too, actually. Yeah, that's why you just have to kind of figure out, like, can we get everything from here? And if we can't, how are some other ways we can get there? And I'll talk about that in coming up next. So take a deep breather. I know I've thrown a lot at everybody. I think from there, I'm going to just take you into the report builder. And I'm going to, again... So let's get comfortable again, just thinking about the way this is set up in HubSpot. So we've got analytics tools, which I would just consider out of the box analytics. And that can, that's around a lot of different things. Um, you've got dashboards, which is going to be a collection of these reports, right? And so a report is an individual snapshot dashboard, multiple snapshots added together with dashboards. You can do very cool things like integrate data box reports into, which I do for pretty much all my clients. And that's where you can get, I think better. It gets a little bit better in some of the ways of the visualization, but it also reduces context switching, right? Today, I'm going to show you just a single object report. So if you think about the kind of reports you can create, there's a lot. Unfortunately, George, I don't believe it. I only can create all those reports. So I'm going to do yeah, this please. here. 
place. <laughs> it's dude, the paywall is brutal, right? I'm on a, I'm on starter. It's not like I've got the caviar plan, so I get it. But the first thing I would say is you can always type LinkedIn up here to see if there's any reports or like ads reports. You can literally, you can just type in ads and you can start to see there's out of the box reports that you can add to a dashboard ads attributed customers by social network. So this is obviously LinkedIn, Facebook, Google. Cool, right? Like we can just get that out of the box. And I would start there. I'm not gonna go through like each one of these, but I would say these are the ones that you can, you'll get, right? I think most marketers, after you've had a few weeks of the campaign running, after you've had 90 days, you wanna start understanding like, how is this affecting our pipeline? So in HubSpot, everything's going to be anchored by the lifecycle stage or deal pipeline stage. I think for today, we'll just go with lifecycle stage. And so you'll just wanna think about a single object report. And so when I spoke earlier about thinking about that hierarchy of object record properties, just think about the object we're reporting on and that's gonna be the contact, right? So whoever that contact is and their data. If we click into this object report and then we click contact, we greet it with a screen. And again, for the purposes of today, since I don't have a lot of hidden UTM fields, I'm going to just do original source, right? But I want to show y'all why, and you can do this with UTMs. So just think of if you're watching from home, you can literally just swap out UTMs here. So when you create this report, these are the properties that you're going to report on, right? And we've got create date, lifecycle stage, which is important because I want to understand what sources are driving different lifecycle stages. We'll take that to visualization and we really just start simple, right? So we think about, let's do, I'm going to do original source here and I'm going to do kind of contact and I'm going to actually switch this. And I'm going to put life cycle stage. Now this starts to get interesting because I've got this big list of original source and I have, again, paid social, right? So I'm like, oh, okay. Now I've just got a quick snapshot. Again, it took us what, less than a minute to say, okay, okay. It looks like paid social is driven two leads, three marketing qualified. You can see it. You can see that. Now I want to get a little bit more detailed, right? So what I'm going to do is, and this is the most important thing I think for single object reports is just setting filters. And so I'll want to look at create date and I'll just want to say, all right, create date is, let's just say it's after, I don't know, let's say February 1st. And we're going to update that. And now I'm going to want to set some other filters. So I'm going to want to say original source has to be paid social, right? So all I want to see is that, okay, wow, now I've got clean data and I can actually see the visualization here. And now I can start to play around with it, right? I can say, hey, 12 lead, you guys see this. It's however you would like to view the data. Go ahead. Yeah, and I was going to say that's such a great breakdown to say, I guess, at a quick snapshot of all the different performance of each of your channels and what leads they're bringing in. And I assume you, can you change the attribution here as well? So that's a good question. This is pretty much first touch, right? This is just saying somebody came in through paid social as the original source and they came into the system. I can talk about attribution in one second. I think what's important here too, is you can delve deeper into this, right? So based on the, what we've got here properties wise, if I go into like opportunity, then I can start to see, oh, paid social came from LinkedIn 
and Baltimore crew ads actually drove this opportunity. And so then you start to get that deeper lens into it. And this is where marketers should be spending time to understand. Cause you know, back in the day it was like, Hey, CTR impression, everybody patted themselves in their back. Maybe they got some conversions that didn't go anywhere. I would say the modern marketer of 2023 should be able to go into a report like this, build these and really start understanding it because you're going to have to up-level this at some point to leadership, but there's also this intrinsic value in just like understanding the way all this stuff works together and just being able to speak to it, being able to find it and getting comfort with it. So you asked a really good question about attribution. That isn't, so if we were just to look at, I don't want to, I don't want to click into a contact record because it's live data, but if we were to click into that contact record, you would be able to see like exactly where they come from. But this is just assuming if it's original source, that means they came in through a paid social ad, basically. Whereas if we clicked out of this and we left this and we said, hey, Pasha, let's see what attribution, then you can actually go into, let's see here. Um, you can go into this custom attribution reports and then you can start building in here and you could go into paid social and then you're starting to see, yeah, it's going to get pretty complicated, but you get the gist here, right? This is where you would choose the attribution model. And so if you're in attribution report, which I believe is professional enough, you can start looking at things like the first interaction, the last interaction, or linear or the J shaped or the inverse J shaped or the U shaped or the time decay. Yes. So like you can do all this, but I think if you're just kicking off your campaign, simple campaign, first 90 days, I'm not even worrying about this, right? Like I'm just getting the basics set up, but it's there. It's just, if I'm thinking about it from the role of just like a B2B marketing manager, a lot of stuff on your plate. I think you and I talk, George, a lot about just like focus and keeping things simple at first and getting leadership by it. And so I think the best way to do that is with the simple stuff. I'll pause there. Yeah, I think the last thing you want to do is confuse your oh leadership God. with all these chats about attribution and the different models yeah. and like they it's don't care about that at all. Monica, yeah. can you maybe <laughs> of course. shed some light on that? <laughs> They'll just want to know, did it make any money? <laughs> don't worry yep. about all these curves and stuff. <laughs> that's all they care Pretty about. Pretty much. Yeah. And that's, I do think where it gets interesting and I did pull this up for you and I did want to show this to you both. Last year at Inbound, one of the big changes that HubSpot rolled out product-wise was customer journey reports, right? So if you think about it, you can actually build a journey. Now in HubSpot, there is something called ad interactions, which they track. Again, if you're professional enough, you have different data sets that you can compare with each other. And one of those data sets is actually ad interactions. So if you think about your customer journey, you could start with ad interactions, right? So you can start to build like an actual customer journey. And so if we think of ad interaction as being the first step, then I want to say, okay, I want to, I want to filter by medium. And I want to say it is equal to any of, let's do paid social. So we click there. All right, that's cool. And now I want to say a contact record was created, right? And I do, I'm going to include anonymous visitor data and I'm going to quickly run a report. And so now we actually have data in here. And so let's start getting, I like a bigger data, bigger time frame. Cool. Got all that. 
refresh that report. So now we're just like looking at the whole year and we're just looking at, so we're basically looking at there's been 7,742 like ad interactions and then how much of that actually turned into that next step of contact. And so then you're looking at like the conversion rate, right? This is where you and the team could start to tell a story from an ad interaction, which is either a website visit or a conversion. That's how HubSpot defines it. But basically what I'm saying here is like, hey, first step in the journey is like the ad interaction. Second step is a contact record is created, but there are other things that we can do with it. And so maybe we want to stay like, maybe they opened an email. Does that happen somewhere in here? So then we refresh a report. And again, you'll know your customer journey better than obviously anybody, but now you just start to see, oh, okay, cool. So after they converted on an ad, after they interacted with an ad, 47% open an email. And so then maybe after that, you put a life cycle stage in, and now you're starting to look at like a version of the customer journey with actual touch points and data within HubSpot. And I think that's where it becomes very powerful. Checking time, we're doing good. I'll pause there. This is new. And you can also do different, right? So they like the Sankey. You can do yield vertical funnel, which I really like. And then you can obviously include, you can save this report and add it to a dashboard. So that's what I do for some of my clients. I'll have, I usually drop the funnel. It's a little easier, but you get where we're going. And again, you would just filter it by UTM. So you can just filter it by, I don't know, ad network. And let's just say is any of... Let's do LinkedIn. This should work. If it doesn't, it works. There you go. Beauty. And so this is everything that comes in through LinkedIn, right? And again, now you're drilling down and you're saying basically, hey, they interacted with an ad. Then a contact record was created. So it took about 19 hours. Then 12 days later, they opened an email. And you can really build some cool stuff here while also informing your strategy. So this is great then for giving you just more of an overview of what the customer journey looks like mm -hmm. from that first touch point all the way through to whatever action it is that you want to define. So here you've yep. got their first interaction from LinkedIn. And then I think it says the average time for someone mm -hmm. to go from an ad interaction through to becoming a contact record is 19.2 yep. hours. Yep. And then beyond that, to become someone who opens up an email, the average time from there is 12 days. Yep. And then we can also layer on became an opportunity. I'm not going to do all that right now just because I don't want to give away too much data, but I think it's just interesting. And you should be, again, it just depends, right? I think most people do customer journey mapping and get a sense of, hey, like this, like for your GTM, whatever it is, it's okay from step A all the way to renewal. These are the things we think they're doing. Well, now you can take those things you think you're doing or the way that you might want them to do, understanding it's an ecosystem. Again, to quote Justin Moreau, you can just start to get a, you can really get a sense of like how everything works together as it relates to HubSpot. I mean, on your left-hand side is everything that you can put in here, which also includes like sales email clicks, right? So that would be if they're sending sequences from HubSpot. Pretty cool, new, definitely like it. So I like that. Then, I like that because yeah. once you map the customer journey and you get <clears throat> the average kind of lead times between each step, once you're a pretty well-oiled machine, you can start to look at each of those steps and go, how can we reduce the time between each step to move people yep. through the funnel faster? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. 
And it could also just inform, okay, this is really interesting. Like usually when somebody sees an ad, they do like this other thing. So like maybe that informs you to set up a workflow that like in 12 hours, to, I don't know, reach out for like a LinkedIn tap or something, right? It just all depends. But I think there's definitely, you're on the right path there. And like, for instance, I just added like a CTA view, right? So if you add, if you use HubSpot CTA builder and you have them on your website, you can actually say, hey, this person interacted with an ad. And they saw a CTA again, like it's very just interesting to see how it changes everything, but that, yeah, that's that. I did want to touch on one final thing, which I think is important for everybody. And again, you need to have like professional and up, but that's the custom report builder. So this becomes very interesting and very cool because you can, again, basically build five data. You can combine five data sources to report on it. And so within that, you can, there's a couple of things that are in beta that have just rolled out. Marketing email analytics, which is much needed, finally is out. And you've also got ad performance metrics, but ad performance metrics can only be joined with, so it has to be the main, I believe it has to be. Ad performance metrics would have to be the main data source. And that alone, you can actually report on you can pull in data. So like you can do, let's see here. This is where you can pull in actual ad data and see how all that, see that in here without necessarily having to go into LinkedIn. And so you might want to just look at like clicks and you might want to look at, I don't know, let's see here. Let's go to ad network. Yeah. And then you can just see like really quick, right? But this is actually data from those that you can't really get otherwise. You can create custom reports based on that. That's very cool. It's new. I haven't played with it a lot. I think it's important for everybody to note. So that's one thing. I think the other thing that you can do with this custom report with multiple objects and up to five data sources is you can also do add in interactions by contact. And so again, now you're going to have properties from contacts and then add interactions by contact. So you can start pulling in like actual, uh, you can again, look at like the ad network. So then I guess you could filter this down to start seeing, we've got the ad network, we've got the company name, and then maybe we want to see how many interactions they had. So filters is always good. So let's just say we want LinkedIn and then let's say we want this timestamp, want this year. There you go. Very nice. Finally, sorry. So this no, is cool really because cool. now you can see the count of ad interactions by contact at the different companies by that network. Very cool. And you can actually see the company name and then we can filter that deeper. So this is what we're looking at is LinkedIn, right? So we know that LinkedIn has driven like three interactions at these different companies and you can start to break it down like this. And they can take companies. some companies. These are companies actually, that are already in your company yep. list in HubSpot. Is that right? A hundred percent. Yeah. So they're associated with, or they're associated with a contact. And then there's also a campaign name here. So you can see, Hey, he came in through our demand generation campaign. He works here, but we know that he has had three interactions. So you can see the company level by the contact, the interactions that they've had, which is very cool. So this could be particularly useful then for saying, are we 
getting in front of the right companies. If we have yes. a list of 50, 100 companies, maybe even less, are we getting our ads in front of the right people? Are they interacting yep. with them? And are they actually taking meaningful action off the back of that as well? Yep, 100%. And then obviously, like with a larger time frame, you get more data, which that kind of, I guess that throws everything off because there's so many like little companies here. Yeah. And so actually what you can do here is, let's see something. I'm going to set a limit and I'm just going to want to do the top five. This little trick that actually Kristen Trainer from Lasso taught me. Thank you, Kristen. And there you go. So now we've got our top five. We can see, hey, like this company, these people came in through this ad group, right? And we can actually like dr drill down deeper on that. There's a ton of there's a ton you can do with this report builder. I'm not going to go super deep into it because like it's not that I get out of my depth. It just can get very unwieldy. But you see, I think you've seen the progression from, hey, this is up, this is like just straight up analytics, then into the platform, then, hey, we want to delve deeper, right? Like it's, a, there's a lot you can do with HubSpot and really you can do most of it with a professional enterprises like Jedi unlock everything. But yeah, that, I think this is like super valuable for anybody that's starting off on the campaign. And we'll get as much data from the campaign that you're running as we can. But I think George and I did want to show like the other ways you can get all this stuff working together. Yeah, I really appreciate you showing just how much you can do and how much you can track based on the different tiers that you have. I think for us on our poor man's free tier, I think we're probably just going to have to look at original source, drill down one and drill down two. And we should get yeah. that, shouldn't we, Pasha? Because we have the LinkedIn ads integration and we have, we, we're using UTMs as well. So we are looking at passing that through too. And then probably you'll just be looking at self-reported attribution as well. We're not yeah. dealing in the thousands of contacts. We're dealing in the tens to hundreds. So it's exactly. very manageable at the stage. And that's the thing, like you'll be able to see at the form level, like what's coming in and the source behind that. So it's not like it's going to be like rocket science, right? I think one of these elementor forms is the, you know, the one you're tracking, you'll see the form submissions. You'll just click into these bad boys or you'll just manage column and you will see that's right. Blah. Okay. That's fine. But yeah, you'll just click into any one of these people and then you'll see the data on your left-hand side, right? Super easy. I mean, if we were going to click on somebody and you can probably edit this out, but just so you know, you'll have left-hand side is going to be those properties associated with the record activities in the middle associations on the right. And you'll see like this stuff. But if you look at all view properties and then we go in here and we go UTM, then you can see UTM and UTM source. And let's just say you add that to your view. And then let's say you also want to see like original source. Oh, look at that. Right. You get everything right there. So. There's a million ways to skin a potato. I'm a huge cat lover, so I'm going to use that. But <laughs> you, you guys get it. And girls. That's all I got. <laughs> Hope it was good. It was fun. It was actually fun. Fun thing I've done today. That was a mammoth effort. That was really, really, really good. Thank you for being so patient with, again, my horrible free account. No, um, it's, again... You know a lot, but I think it's important to know that a lot of people we're speaking to probably aren't going to have a lot of resources, right? So it's important to know like the limitations and even, and again, usually if you have those kinds of limitations, you're not going to have 
this insane like lead volume where you, it's going to overwhelm you, right? So you're probably going to start slow. You're probably going to have one channel. You just need to like get enough data to co cohesively understand what's going on and then also tell that story to leadership. And then as your program scales, usually the department scales and your tech scales, right? And as that happens, they put in more money towards HubSpot. You start unlocking stuff and that's how you learn. But yeah, I mean, it's HubSpot's an investment. Again, I'm a partner and almost gold partner and I just run starter because it's expensive. Yeah. And it probably for your needs and purposes, it's, that's just fine. And exactly. to be honest, I really don't think even for this campaign, we probably just don't even need more than we already have on the free tier. I think anything I think more so. is overkill at this stage. And it I think really that's is. An, I think that's an important lesson for everyone like watching and learning. And I really like how you progressed us through the different reports, Pasha. And I think you started from like most important, but also most basic to yep. the most complex, but possibly the stuff that you can really start to get lost in, especially when you're looking between those different attribution reports, you're looking at the customer journey mapping. I know marketers can get lost in there forever. And that's great if that's your job and you're in marketing analytics. But if you're just in a small marketing team, odds are you've got so much other stuff that you need to do. And you can just yep. get so lost pulling all these different reports together with rarely any uplift. 100%. There's one thing I just remembered, which I think is important that you can do on any tier. So we're on here. If you just go into the search bar, so this is, I don't want to call it a hack, but if you type in, it's not readily available. Okay, if I could spell prospects correctly. Pros Sorry. If you go to prospects, what it's going to do is, this is our IP lookup. George, I know we've chatted about this on LinkedIn before, like clear bit, much better. Always get the free tier. It's like a must, but you can see the prospects that are visiting your site. You can get a daily report that you can put filters on. Now in those filters, guess what you can do? You can click a source so you can say what's coming in through paid social. You can apply that filter. You can save that. And now you have a view, which you can literally create a view for yourself. And let's just say this is Monica's view. Let's share it with everyone. You can delete it. And now you've got a view of the contacts that are coming in through paid social, assuming that's LinkedIn. And then you can also manage your notifications and say, hey, guess what? I want a daily email or I want real-time notifications when somebody in this view, Monica's view, visits the site. Also super powerful, also can be done on the free plan. I would recommend it. Really cool. And that's, you can do that both for contacts that you have, but you can also do it for companies, right? That you, yes, that it's just traffic correct. revealing software too, that aren't necessarily in, in your database. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That's something that's tucked away. Wish they would either do it a little bit better or just make it more visible, but just something else to think about. Yeah. That is such cool. an awesome tip. Wow. What an absolutely incredible roundup. Thank you so much. Monica, yeah, do you have any race. questions? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I'm just glad I had two coffees before I watched this. That's so much information. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I definitely am drinking a cappuccino at seven o'clock Eastern Standard, but that's cool. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much. Just like to reiterate that Pasha is an absolute legend at this stuff. If you have any questions around HubSpot or HubSpot setup, please reach out to him. I'm sure he'll be more than happy to point you in the right direction or give you a hand. 
Thank you so much for your time. And thank you, Monica. Really, really appreciate it. A huge thank you to Pasha. What an absolute masterclass that was in all things tracking and reporting in HubSpot. Now we're going to launch these ads and we're going to let the campaign run for about four to six weeks. Next, we're going to share exactly how this campaign performs and include details like how much pipeline is driven and how much revenue driven, what we needed to adjust on the way so we can share all our learnings with you. Remember, we're releasing all of this as it happens. So make sure to subscribe and follow the journey so you don't miss out. A quick note before you go, listeners, you can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook. We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.